Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. It is Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann today, focusing on a story which was a rather harrowing experience for a family in Kobecha. One of the family members kidnapped and held for ransom in Johannesburg. 28-year-old Divan Fasahi, a student nurse, he was kidnapped and he had to place a very, very traumatic call to his sister. We've got her on the line. Roxy, thanks for joining us. How is Divan holding up, firstly? Hi, Darren. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, he's, he's much better uh, surrounding himself with friends and family. Um, tremendous support from, from everybody. So thank you to each and every person um, from the bottom of my heart. Without you guys, uh, I don't know where I would have been today or if the score would have been happening. Um, so yes, he, he is well. Bruises are starting to, to go away. Wow. Um, it is just his, his one eye with uh, the vein burst. So that hasn't cleared as yet. But other than that, he is he's laughing with us again. Um, yes. So, yeah, thank you very much. Good, good. Glad to hear he's on the road to recovery. It must have been very traumatic for you because you took the phone call from him alerting you to the kidnapping. What happened? Yes. Um, look, I received that call last Monday afternoon while I was at work. Um, and I had a moment, uh, Darren. Uh, where I had to gather myself. I cried a bit, but I didn't cry to the extent that it broke me. Um, And my boss was like, you can go. I'm like, I can't go. I can't go home. Like, I can't. I need to figure myself out. And yeah, from there onwards, I just had to put on the best game face ever. Um, Strong mindset. Thank God for that. Um, Yeah, because I I couldn't break uh, Darren. I had to be strong for him of course for him and drink for him and everything for him and it was sad because i the the police ordered that i stop uh receiving calls um from my brother and so forth so that was so very challenging for me as his sister um disappointing him in in that sense because he needs me and i was ordered not to to accept the call any longer um, and with his return, I spoke to him about it and I apologized from my side um, that I could no longer accept his calls and so forth. And also that I want him to understand why why I had to do it. Mm. Yes. What exactly did he say to you in the phone call? I've been kidnapped. Uh, I need a ransom amount of X. What exactly was in that uh, first call? Look, the, he explained to me that he's been kidnapped and that they're asking for 40000 And this was Monday's call. And then the kidnapper said to me he wants it at 6 o'clock uh, Monday. And, I mean, this call came about half past two, half past three. I speak under correction. Um, but I don't have that money, uh, Darren. So I pleaded for time. I, I begged him... He, he was at least willing to give me time, um, but then time started running out because then he started started calling often, uh, threatening me, telling me he'll cut up my brother, um, send me the things in the post. You know, he started mm. being that person. But at that time, I also had to be on my best of behavior, not to, to get upset with him, um, basically just to plead. And, and that's what I done. Now, your first response to the phone call, when you put the phone down, 
Did you call the police? Did you start working to get the ransom money together? How do you react in a situation no, like that? At the, at the first moment, I was blank, Aaron. To be honest with you, it, it was like, this isn't happening. It, it's mm. not real. I started crying at work. My colleagues comforted me. And after that, I think I, it took me half an hour to, to register that this, this is actually happening. And from there onwards, I went to the Galvindale police station. Tell us a little bit about the kidnapping itself. Where was your brother? Were there two, three, four, five, or just a single person involved? A little bit about the actual kidnapping itself. I do understand there are elements of it which are uh, subjudicate as a result of the investigation continuing. But uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Look, what I what I do know um, is that there were two guys that were three that was captivated. Um, but apparently one of them was was not involved in anything. So the two um, did appear in court that I know. Um, other than that, uh, Darren, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of info uh, with regards to it as it's still under investigation. So I'm also very limited with, with what I say um, with regards to it. So how did he come back to you? Was the ransom money paid? Did they just no. release him without that? No. Uh, ransom money was was not paid but what they did get is uh, 3000 from my brother's account um he was i think it was let me just get the days in my head um wednesday evening i think at about after nine just before 10 um i then received a a whatsapp message and phone call saying that uh they they got my brother um, happenings where they got him was in Cleveland, Johannesburg. Um, not familiar with the area, um, but apparently it was it was around there. And from there, he was taken to to the the hospital. So why do you think they released him if the ransom money wasn't paid? Was there police pressure or PI pressure? Of, look, uh, there was a lot of pressure um, with regards to with regards to it. I. I felt very helpless in Port Elizabeth and uh, got an investigator to assist me. And he started with the process uh, Wednesday morning, uh, last week Wednesday, yes, and Wednesday evening um, my brother was found. So um, with regards to him playing a huge role in everything, uh, yeah. He yelled so, so much. So police investigation is underway at the moment, hopefully to catch the kidnappers. And your brother is at home, which is good news, and he's recovering well. He's a student nurse, I understand. Yes, yes. he's writing finals. His final exam is starting on Friday. Um, so the, the college did request that he should let them know if he would be able to um, do the exam if not, they will then make arrangements with regards to it. Look, he's a, he's a top student in getting distinctions right through the year. Um, so counselling is also uh, given to him from the, from the hospital itself. Yes, yeah, some counselling would be necessary after a harrowing ordeal like that. So the police will carry on with their investigation. From the family side, you're just happy that he's safe and sound. Anything you'd like to add? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm so, so happy and I'm grateful. And I thank each and every person for their prayers, um, donations, uh, just the messages, phone calls and so forth. Even though I was unable to get back to it immediately, I didn't go unnoticed. So thank you very much to each and every one. Roxy, thank you very much. All the best to you, your family and Divan in particular. Thanks, I Dad. cannot even begin to imagine how helpless you must have felt 
when you oh. got the phone call from him saying that he's been kidnapped and you need to find this large sum of money? Yes, definitely. But it's my brother. I dared I will do anything um, for him. Beautiful. So I, I, that was my mindset was there, and that I literally shouted at my friends, "You can't cry, guys. We we can't do that. We need to to stay focused because if we break, how will we get him?" Roxy, have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Thanks so much for having me there. Have a good day further. We did also catch up with a private investigator hired by the family, not able to speak to us on the podcast today, worried about jeopardizing the operation, which is still underway at the moment. Des Finnis is his name. And he did say to us off air that uh, shortly after the suspect was picked up in this case, 3,000 Rand was withdrawn from Divan's bank account. Afterwards, he was forced to make several phone calls and send messages to his sister to negotiate his own ransom set at 40,000 Rand, as Roxy told us. Then around Wednesday last week, the news started tightening and through continued communication with the suspects, Des says they could tell that they realized the operation was in jeopardy. They started negotiating terms for Divan's release and luckily the local police stations and crime intelligence were able to mobilize enough resources to execute a successful operation. That's what Des Finnis, the private investigator on the case, was able to share with us this morning. As I said, he didn't want to go on record because he did not want to jeopardize the operation, which currently is still underway. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.